0: Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Now, we're going to do a quick short teaching today. Uh, And I've noted that I've received several emails uh, regarding uh, the video that we recently did about bold prayers and me pointing out that uh, Christ taught us to pray what is now known as the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I've been receiving questions from people asking whether or not we as Christians can pray the Lord's Prayer or if that's vain repetition. And this is a question that I have received many times over the long course of the time that we've been doing Fighting for the Faith. So I thought I would do a quick video on why it is we can actually pray the real words of the Lord's Prayer, and it's not vain repetition. And so let's do this. Let's uh, whirl up the desktop, and uh, we are going to open up our Bible program, And we're going to note something here, and that is is that if you have a Christian brother or sister, or maybe this is you I'm talking about, uh, and you've been taught and you believe that praying the Lord's Prayer verbatim is vain repetition, you've been taught wrong. And I will commend you on this account, and that is, is that you are striving to obey the teachings of Christ while not actually paying attention to the context in which Christ gave the command against vain repetition. In fact, the context will make it very clear that Christ is not saying that the Lord's Prayer is vain repetition. It's In fact, it's the counter to the concept of vain repetition. And then I'll show you a good little resource uh, for learning, you know, kind of, you know, when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, how are we to think of the different petitions that are in the Lord's Prayer and uh, as we're praying through them? Because you can pray the Lord's Prayer straight through or you can pray the Lord's Prayer and kind of pause and reflect on what it is that you're praying in these things, and, and even expand it out. You could use it as an outline. There's, there's all ki- different ways in which you can use the Lord's Prayer, but actually praying it verbatim, word for word, totally okay. So, and I'll show you that from Scripture. So, uh, we are going to take a look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. This is the, uh, the Lord's Prayer in its context from the Sermon on the Mount. There's a second place in the in, in the Gospels where Christ teaches the Lord's Prayer, and that is in let's see, I want to say here Luke 11, Luke 11 uh, verses uh, you know so what two through four, and uh, we'll take a look at that as well. But for right now, let's start in the context, and we'll we'll take a look at what it what it means to uh, pray in vain repetition, and how the Lord's Prayer is not that. So Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, when you pray, you must must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. He's referring to like the people like the Pharisees. Uh, these are people who honor God with their lips, their hearts are far from them. And the Pharisees are a perfect example of that. They, these are heretics who've you know, added to the Word of God and have you know, created their own doctrines, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Uh, see Mark chapter 7 if you would like a little further. Further explanation of that and in, in fact I just did a sermon on that uh, that text in marks chapter 7 we'll put a link to the sermon down below uh, if you want a, a little further explanation about the Pharisees and what it is that they're really all about and uh, and how we are not to make up doctrines and turn you know the, the commandments of men and make them look like they're the commandments of God far from it so when Jesus is talking about the hypocrites, one of the major groups that's going to fall into that category, that definition, are definitely going to be the Pharisees. They honor God with their lips. Their hearts are far from them. They teach as commandments the doctrines of men. You know, that that's the idea. So, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So, the people who pray in order to be seen, look how holy I am. Yeah, they've received their reward. That's what they wanted. So, when you pray then, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases, as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So note, there's a particular practice here, and the the assumption is is that if I just kind of keep saying, you know, empty, empty phrases, words, 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 so apparently the uh, quantity of words matter. Now, it's in this context, we're going to note then the Greek word for empty phrases. This is what where the King James Version talks about vain repetitions. In fact, let me show you the King James here. Uh, uh, the King James says, when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their, for, uh, for their much speaking. Well, okay. All right. So the ESV... And other modern translations say, do not heap up empty phrases. And the Greek word behind this, is, in fact, let me make that just a little bigger, uh, batalageo. And, uh, you know, rare word. It doesn't show up very many times at all in the New Testament. Um, and so, this is a, this is a, an exotic word, if you would. But the idea here is, is that um, uh, to speak in a way that Im- uh, imid- images the kind of speech pattern Pattern of one who stammers, use the same words again and again, and speak without thinking. So you know, uh, I I would say you know, think of like mantras here, or you could even like if you want to talk about like you know, heap of empty phrases. Think of some of the things that pass off as praise songs nowadays. Seven words repeated eleven million times. Mm-hmm. That's that that's kind of the idea here, uh, and. And so you know, you know, it's to, and 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 then the legato the, also means to speak without thinking, just you know, mind is completely turned off. Hmm, that sounds like you know. Today's so-called praying in tongues, where the mind is completely disconnected, yeah, heaping up empty phrases. Could have bought a Hyundai, should have bought a Kia. That I think that qualifies. All right. All of that being said, uh, you know, so note then that here in the context, Christ gives a command against. Heaping up vain repetitions or empty phrases, bata again, is the uh, Greek word here, as the Gentiles do who think that they will be heard from the many words. And Christ says, do not be like them. And then it's in this context that Christ gives us the prescription against vain repetition. The prescription against vain repetition is the Lord's prayer, so, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. They think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And, uh, hang on a second here. I want to pull up this version here. Yeah. So, apatupaneiru <laughs> here in the Greek, um, tupaneiru, the evil one. You, the, there there are versions of the Lord's prayer, uh, that take the tupaneiru here. And it's not merely evil in some kind of a generic abstract sense, but I, I would argue based upon, um, on what Christ says here, uh, Apatu deliver us from the evil one. Now, I think that's a more precise uh, translation and I think it's a little more accurate. But the idea then is, is that you'll note that the context in which Christ gives us the Lord's Prayer is in the context as the prescription, as the antidote to the sin of heaping up vain repetitions. So by definition, in the context, praying the Lord's Prayer verbatim is the exact opposite of vain repetition. In fact, in, uh, in the Lucan account here, watch what Jesus says. It says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say. <laughs> When you pray, and then legate here, this is an imperative. Actually, this is, these are the words you're supposed to say. When you pray, say, our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us, lead us not into temptation. You get the idea. So those people who in the church who are Christians who say, you can't pray the Lord's prayer verbatim because the Bible says no vain repetition. You don't know what you're talking about you can pray the Lord's Prayer verbatim. In fact, it is a good Christian practice to pray the Lord's Prayer daily and multiple times a day. You absolutely can and should pray it. Now, a good explanation as to, you know, what are we praying in the Lord's Prayer is uh, found in a tiny little book called A Martin Luther's Small Catechism. And in the catechism, he walks through the Ten Commandments, he walks through the Lord's Prayer, he walks through the Apostles' Creed, and uh, and so, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, in fact, we'll put a link to this down below if you want, just kind of a thumbnail sketch. What are we praying when we pray the Lord's Prayer? It's good to actually ha- kind of work this all out so that as you're praying, your mind is engaged in these different petitions that you are asking God for in the Lord's Prayer. So, um, so our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? Uh, God would uh, thereby, with this little introduction, tenderly urge us to believe that He is our true father, and that we are his two true children, and that we may ask him confidently with all assurance as dear children ask their dear father. And I would note this. A lot of people haven't considered this. The very prayer that Christ teaches us to pray, only Christians can pray this, mm-hmm. because somebody who is not a penitent believer in Jesus Christ, they're still a child of the devil. They are under sin, under the dominion of darkness. That being the case, as Christians then, the Lord's prayer assumes that you have faith, that your sins have been forgiven, and that you have been adopted, adopted by God, and that you now can cry out to him, Abba, Father. So when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, it absolutely only applies. Only Christians can pray this. Our Our Father who art in heaven and really mean it and kind of suck the marrow out of it. And then consider that then, because Christ has taught us to teach, uh, to pray so that we pray our Father who art in heaven. I think Luther had something going on here when he says that, you know, that this this invites us to recognize that God is tenderly urging us to pray as our kind heavenly Father, having confidence and assurance that he's going to hear us and he's going to answer us because he is our father in heaven. I think you get the idea. First petition. So the first thing that we're asking for, hallowed, may your name be holy. What does this mean? God's name indeed is holy by itself. It's not like God's name isn't. But what we are praying in this petition, we pray, hallowed be thy name. We're praying that God's name would be holy among us, in your family, in your church. That, that, that's the idea. So then how is this done? Well, God's name is hallowed when the word of God is taught in its truth. Its purity, and as we as we as the children of God, we also then lead holy lives in accordance with it. Yeah, see, Christianity, the gospel is not a license to sin. No, Christ has set us free from slavery to sin, death, and the devil. So when we're praying, holy be your name, we're praying that God's name would be hallowed, God's word would be taught in its truth and purity, that we all as a church, as within our individual congregations and our family, that we would lead holy lives in accordance with God's word. And so to this end, then, that dear Father in heaven, help us, but he, he that teaches and lives otherwise, so the person who... Teaches false doctrine or lives in sin, that that person, well, besmirches the name of God, and God's name is not kept holy. They profane the name of God by their doctrine and their life. So uh, you know, so when anyone teaches or lives otherwise than God's word teaches, they profane the name of God among us. And so we're praying, Lord, preserve us from this. Second petition: Thy kingdom come. And this is an important one. What does this mean? Well, the kingdom of God comes indeed without our prayer. In fact, Christ is going to return, you know, even if we don't pray for him to do so, right? But we pray in this petition that it, the kingdom of God may come to us as well. So how does the kingdom of God come? When our heavenly father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by God's grace, we believe his holy word and we lead godly lives here in time and then ultimately in yonder in eternity. Great stuff, right? So, you know, I didn't realize I was praying all this stuff. Yeah, you are. When you pray the Lord's prayer, this is exact. And so it's good to stop and work through this and think it out. Third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, note here, what does this mean? Uh, Well, the good and gracious will of God is done indeed without our prayers. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. We want God's will to be done. So how then is this done? When God breaks and hinders every counsel and the will, uh, which would lead us to hallow the name of God, uh, which, which would not let us hallow the name of God. So when God breaks the evil counsels, those that would not want us to hallow the name of God, nor let his kingdom come, such as the will of the devil or the world, even our own sinful flesh, you'll note that all three of those are working against the will of God. But strengthens, uh, stre- but God strengthens us and keeps us steadfast in his word and in the faith and to our end. This is his good and gracious will. So when we're praying, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, we're praying that his will would be done here among us so that we may, well, be protected from the schemes of the devil, the world, our sinful flesh, and those things that would keep us from hallowing God's name. You get the idea Give us this day our daily bread. And you'll note that praying the Lord's Prayer, daily bread, well, that means you're going to have to pray this prayer today. You're going to have to pray it tomorrow. You're going to have to pray it the day after. You're going to keep on praying it every day. That's the idea. What does this mean? God gives daily bread even without our prayer. To all wicked men, this is true. Scripture is very clear on this. God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to know this and that we would receive our daily bread then with thanksgiving hmm So what is meant by daily bread? And you'll note that here, here, big expansive answer on this. Everything that belongs to the support and the wants of your body, such as meat, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, field, cattle, money, goods, pious spouse, pious children, pious servants, pious and faithful magistrates, good government, good weather, peace, health discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. You see, all of that is kind of bundled up in uh, give us this day our daily bread, because where there's a breakdown in many of those things, then we don't get our daily bread. <laughs> no, and then we have to eke out a living and it, it becomes tenuous, right? So, you no, know, there's a lot of things we're praying for when we pray for daily bread. Fifth petition. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins. Nope. Nor deny such petitions on account of them. For we are worthy of none of the things for which we pray. This is true. You haven't earned this at all. And then note, this is a daily prayer. And so daily you are praying God to forgive you of all of your sins. Ah, this absolutely rules out the idea of sinless perfection. If you sit there and go, well, it's been a couple of weeks since I've sinned. Liar. <laughs> Scripture says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's First John chapter 1. So in the daily prayer that Christ has given us to pray, we pray for daily bread and daily we pray for God to forgive us our trespasses. So we note then that we are unworthy of, even today, especially today, unworthy of the things that we're even asking God for. Uh, So, you know, the idea then is, is that we are, we are worthy of none of the things for which we pray, neither have we deserved them, but we ask that God would grant all of us by grace for we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but God's punishment. So we, uh, we verily on our part, also heartily forgive and also readily do good to those who sin against us. Ah, you'll note that this teaches us to stay humble and to be forgiving towards others because God is forgiving us, right? Lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God indeed tempts no one. one, God doesn't tempt anyone. We pray in this petition that God then would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our flesh may not deceive us nor seduce us into misbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. And though we be assailed by them, that still we may finally overcome and gain the victory. Mm, lead us not into temptation. Very important prayer for Christians. In fact, you're presumptuous if you don't pray this way. You, You just left yourself open for the temptations and the attack of the devil of the world, Your flesh. And then note the last one deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition as a summary that our Father in heaven would deliver us from all manner of evil, of body, soul, property, honor, and at last, when our last hour shall come, grant us a blessed end and graciously take us from this veil of tears to Himself. And Amen. What does this mean? That I should be certain that these petitions are acceptable to our Father and heard, for He Himself has commanded us to pray and has promised that that he will hear us. Amen. Amen. That is yay-yay. It shall be so. So that I just wanted to throw that in there because uh, there's so much misunderstanding among uh, among Christians today about the Lord's prayer and yet Christians have been praying this prayer daily the entire history of the church verbatim. You should be too. And you should not let anyone convince you that it's vain repetition to pray this prayer. Instead, pray this prayer and engage it. You can use it as a verbatim prayer, as a model prayer, as a prayer that you can blow and expand everything out in these things. Absolutely. But the idea here is, is that it is not vain repetition. It is the exact opposite of it. And the context that Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 is, proves it. So if anyone says to you, you you can't be praying the Lord's prayer word for word like that, that's vain repetition show them this video or take them to Matthew 6 yourself and show them, no, 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 no. no. It's good that you don't want to disobey the Lord, but you're wrong when you say that praying the Lord's prayer is vain repetition. It's far from that. So hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.